Ian Collins wants a word. Powered by the Mitsubishi L200. Tough enough to come with a five-year, 125,000-mile warranty. Ian Collins wants a word. Howdy pups and welcome to the third one of the year, or to be more accurate, episode 45. Yes, Adam and Eve will be reeling at the sheer incredulity of it all as we set our pod-based pistons at the ready and pop pensively up the perpendicular pathway to the play... I think we'll just stop that there, it's as far far as that one will go really, to be honest, Kev. Welcome to an otherwise alliteration-free episode of Once a Word. Perfect, Kev. Positively perfect, man. On the show, this. Claire Balding's Manly Stout. Eric Pickles' Larder's Worth of This. LaDonna knows all, LaDonna sees all, LaDonna forgets nothing. Who are yeah, you again? There she is. She makes her pod-based debut. She's our friend from San Diego. LaDonna Harvey is on with us. We can hardly wait. And we'd be closed down like a South London a e department if we didn't come up with some of this. That was f***ing <laughs> sh- <laughs> And there you go. Excitement levels are off the radar, everybody. Here's a man who is to broadcasting what Reg Varney was to bus driving. It's only Sideshow Kev. Everybody. I'll get you, Collins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say David the Beard Hawk. Are you familiar with David the Beard Hawks? No. It was just an excuse to bring you this fact, really, because I only read this uh, this very day. Uh, but it, he was a bus driver in 1920, and he was the first person to do that thing of driving a double-decker bus through a tunnel without realising how... Hey! And right. slicing the whole thing off and, you know, folks' ears falling off. And right. All manner so it's of less funny now that you've said... Discomb- well, it was 100 years ago, so right, okay. discombobulated Yorkshire folk were, were, were unhappy. And he went to court and he was asked, how could you forget there was a bridge? And he said, I didn't forget there was a bridge, I just forgot I was driving a bus. Which <laughs> apparently, to this day, uh, sits down as a piece of precedent in law. There you go. Have you ever driven a bus? No, I've driven a tractor. Have you? Yeah. Where was that? On a holiday camp when I was a kid. What a great story. <laughs> I'll save that one for the Graham Norton show. <laughs> when I'm on with Travolta. I'm... Give us the anecdote about the tractor, Collins. It's a beauty. Drove one, one. Yeah. Uh, it's questions and feedback and stuff via social media, email, carrier pigeon, uh, chucking a brick through the window with a note wrapped around it, and shouting at us in the street from Lloyd. Hey, Ian, ever had a wardrobe malfunction? (laughs) Not that I'm aware of. You know, what can you have? Your flies can come undone and that's it, isn't it? Well, I think that's what he's thinking. Well, yeah, but everyone's flies is coming. What is he, some kind of pervo? Why is he interested in whether or not my... Essentially, he's saying, has your (laughs) ever fallen out? Yeah, that's exactly what he's saying. Yeah, well, no, it hasn't, actually. So what you're telling me is, in in your long history on the planet, your your 60-odd years on the planet... (laughs) You've never had any. It's not even funny. You've never had any inappropriate cockage, which is, in fact, the the verb for the <laughs> uh, for your penis to fall out of your pants. It is. It, it cockages. Yeah. I, I saw that on call my muff. <laughs> Sony Awards Committee, we're coming. <laughs> we're coming for you. Uh, from Bondo, I don't know much about politics, Collins. So can you tell me if this whole David Cameron in-out thing is about sex? Yes, that's exactly what it is. He wants to uh, know whether or not he should keep f***ing the nation up the arse. And it's up to us to decide whether he keeps doing it or doesn't keep doing it. Simple as that, really. 
So you won't get this kind of wisdom from Dimbleby, will you? Simply won't happen. I'm a bit confused about the Dimblebees because you know, um, is it, it's any questions on Radio yep. Four that they're doing a video version of? Right. Yeah, they're doing they're doing a video version okay. of any questions. That's not good. That just makes it question time. Exactly. Presented by Jonathan. Yes. So David does the telly one. Is this a good use of the license fee? I'm going to say no. Yeah. Do you think it's them pulling rank? What the Dimblebees have some sort of higher yeah the, the higher power at the BBC? Somebody should give those Dimblebees a lecture. From Paul Edwards. Did you see the news that Ron Jeremy, the king of porn, is in a bad way in hospital? Are you fans of his work? (laughs) Yes, we have the entire back catalogue. Ron Jeremy always reminds me of an American comedian called John Lovitz. We're going to talk to LaDonna later. Are in we? the States, yeah, because she's bound to have tool detail, so I'll ask her. You know what, I haven't, because I've, I've, I've obviously heard her, I'm familiar with her work, but I haven't encountered LaDonna Harvey yet. Tool detail, did I just start, what happened to Ken Bruce then? <laughs> Ken Bruce, BBC Radio 2, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so I looked up some of Ron's, uh, oh, no, did no, you? I looked up some of his films, actually, yeah. Right. And um, he's uh, amazing, I mean, he seems to make kind of a film a week, almost. Hold that thought. Andre, give me some porno music for college to read porno titles over, because he loves it like a bitch. Who is it? It's the plumber. Well, he starts out reasonably calm. You've got to be a little bit saucé when it comes to porn. So Saucé with his saucé. And there's the whole thing of, you know, trying to sort of parody the title of a well-known film. Oh, yes. Kind of so, obviously, you know, you, you wouldn't be Ron Jeremy if you didn't star in a film called The Crack Pack. <laughs> You'd be failing. But, you know, he's, he's gone subtle on us as well. He's, he's did a film called The Virgin, uh, which is fine. But fun in Florida. Wow. No, it's not, you know, it's poor. It's poor. It's meant to be like that. that. That sounds like half a sentence, but fun in Florida. It's like skateboarding is rubbish in Washington, but fun in Florida. <laughs> That's true. Is that what it means? But then, I suppose the only way to look at this is he loses the ability to be subtle with right. his genre. Mm-hmm. Because his next offering was 13 <laughs> hungry <laughs> cockers. <laughs> Smiley, Miley, sad face. Yeah. Kev seemed a bit dismissive of when Simon Bates was mentioned last week. Any particular reason? Yes. It was only... Well, you remember last week we were talking yes. about uh, the, the things that we'd done to people we'd work with. We said yeah. Simon Bates and I, I sort of... Morning loves. Yes, we moved on quite quickly. Yeah. Do you know why? Why? When I was a kid, one of a programme called Twin Peaks, you know I'm a massive fan of yep. Twin Peaks, Bates on Radio 1 had this ridiculous bee in his bonnet about Twin Peaks. He couldn't stand it. He couldn't stand the fact that people liked it. And he kept saying, oh, it's very big in America. It's going to fail over here. No one's going to watch it. It's going to fail. And if the ratings dropped from one week to the next, we'd be like, ha, 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 it's going to fail. It's going to fail. There was a massive cliffhanger. And there's this massive sort of mystery as to who killed Laura Palmer, right? Yeah. He plays the Twin Peaks theme before it's been on BBC Two over here and goes, it was her father. Does he say that? What a f***ing Hang on, you were listening to him. Why were you? I never, when I was a kid, I never listened to Simon Bates. He was like old man listening Yeah, I stuff. know, but it's one of those things he happened to be old on. Old man. He happened to be on where I was, and I heard Bates, and he gave away goes out of Kev. the biggest secret in Twin Peaks. That's so not good. imagine my delight when he joins yep. talk radio several years later, and I said, as we were doing some stuff together, I said, I've got a bone to pick with you. 
however many years ago it was on Radio 1, you gave away... Did you remember it? And he went, oh, did I? So you didn't remember it. Really. Yeah, that's not an apology, though, for ruining Twin Peaks, is it? Is that why you superglued his boots to the floor while he was in them? Well, you know, I, I wish him the very Got best... Got a letter in... here from Simon, who's stuck in a <laughs> boot in, in talk radio. That's quite good. Dear Simon, Simon here, I'm in a boot. <laughs> Not sure how to get out of the boot, love. <laughs> Maybe John Peel can peel me out the boot. He suddenly turned into Al from Home and Away. Just at the end there. <laughs> My God, mate, you got the boot. <laughs> what the bloody hell's our tune? <laughs> but, but, you know, and Simon is sort of like, you know, he, he's one of the nation's great broadcasters. I, I, I saw him, the last time I saw him was at the National Theatre. Ambrose Heron, the film... I was there! Ambrose Heron said, uh, do you want to come to the, the theatre? And I was a bit suspicious about this, you know, when a fella asks another fellow to the theatre, uh, I'd like to consider myself a bit, a bit of a metropolitan male, but... I'd say. It was a film that originally starred Robert Morley. It was some kind of horror flick where his poodle gets put in a mincer. Are you aware of this? No! It sounds like a euphemism, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> darling. <laughs> Sounds like some kind of Kenneth Williams Pilar. <laughs> oh, put your poodle in the mincer, darling. <laughs> I went along with Ambrose because it was sort of based on a fairly good cult film. Hmm. Uh, and Bates was that was there. And Bates came out during the interval and just went, that was f***ing <laughs> sh- wasn't it? And I said, wow, you sound like Al from home. Away, Sam. <laughs> uh, from Jess at Blackpool. When you do the live show, are you coming to Blackpool? Are we ca- it's not a f***ing tour. Also, um, what are we, Cannon and Ball? Hang on a sec. This started out as an idea, and now it's like, are you are you stopping off at Blackpool? No. Also, from Lottie, John, Mick, John, Malk, and Sonny also Stop said, it. live show will be there. Yeah, there's no tickets. There will be no live show. There will be a live show. Then there will, darling. If I have to drag you. Bates could be the special guest for a while. Yeah. And finally, and finally, from Franklin, uh, following the story of an NHS worker taping a dummy to a baby's face. Yeah, what the hell was that about? Any chance we can stick something inside Show Kev's face so he'll shut the f*** up? <laughs> Many thanks. What the hell? What was the deal with that? Some NHS worker couldn't be asked to keep putting the dummy back. Is that what happened? So they thought, oh, just tape it. Babies it. tend to spit dummies out. Yep. So I think it's like, well, if we get a gaffer tape... That's why you see dummies in the street. It's because they've used... Yeah. The, the mum or dad hasn't realised they've been coughed out. I mean, you, you know, I think most people know... If you're a parent, you get through a fair quota of dummy. It, it, yeah, it's not what you want, though, is it? Really? Not really. Not from your NHS. Vote Tory. We'll glue up your baby's face. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Maybe William Haig will be the baby. He does look a bit like a giant baby. Uh, he's got baby-based properties, hasn't he? He does. Uh, loads happening. Uh, LaDonna Harvey with us uh, oh, from San Diego. Very happy about that. We, so we, exciting. We, do you know, it's the only... We've got absolutely nothing specifically to talk to her about. We just thought we'd quite like to get LaDonna on. That'd be good. So we like her. She's fun. Uh, well, sort of. Well, you like her. I don't know her. Nah, she's all right. Really? She's a big fan. Oh, I, I... Shall I say that in a man's voice? <laughs> she's a big fan. Uh, looking forward to that. And this. <laughs> yeah, and here it is. Many try to emulate this feature, but none do quite so well as our listeners on this, who never disappoint in proffering a beautiful array and selection of annoyances, the kind of thing in life that should be insignificant. They're not particularly important, but they still, nonetheless, whichever way you dress it up, do you head in? Yes. Do you want to start us off? I have 
two. You know, concert or festivals, you go to... I know that you're always at outdoor festivals and rock concerts and popular <laughs> yes. music. Love all that. We can't uh, keep yeah. you away from One Direction. Always there. But, you know, if you're a VIP or, or even if you're just a, a, a weekend or thing, you get, like, a wristband. Here's my random act on this one. People who wear them for days or weeks or months... months. ...after the thing has yeah. actually finished... It just makes you look like you're really unclean. It just... Unless it comes from the original Woodstock. Take <laughs> it off. And even then, wash it every couple of weeks, love. Yeah, give it a scrub. The second one is, and people say apparently, a lot of people like this, the mere sight of it makes me recoil in horror. Uh, Mrs. Brown's Boys. <laughs> I got that. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Well, there you go. It can't just be me, then. We're in complete, we're synchronous orbit here, Collins. It's, not it's just not particularly good. And th this business of pretending to make mistakes, as that you've seen that. I, like, I can't watch it. The kind of live outtakes that they do as it goes. Kind of more like a Stanley Baxter show. I was going to say Stanley Baxter. It but... is, it's, it's of that <clears throat> era. And I'm not saying it's the, it, it's the worst thing. Well, I don't understand the, the the credibility it's been afforded and the place it's been given, if you like, in the in the, in the sort of totally. comedic pigeonhole. And this is it. I can't go near it though because I, I've seen the the de the gurning at the front of the DVD case in yeah. in stores, uh, and I've seen the trailer for it, and I just think I I can't I can't approach it without thinking it's just going to be a massive pile of old balls. It's not popular to think this kind of stuff. And, you know, I've got another one here that's also not popular. It's, it's, it's going to upset folk. And you, you, you'll probably part company on this one, Kev. Am I the only person in the country who's just a tiny bit fed up, a little bit fed up, with the face of Professor Brian Cox? <laughs> You know, it's kind of, you know, he's all right and stuff. He's clearly clever. Uh, what is it, by the way, if you're a professor and you don't look like the old professor with the glasses and the grey hair, then somehow you're afforded more credibility than the older professor. You're a special professor because you're a cool professor. Therefore, yeah. you're really clever. Of course he's clever. He's a physicist. And, of course, we can't forget that this wag, wag, oops. is in part responsible for the theme tune that kept Tony Blair in power at every party conference. That's right. Balls, 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 With the things can only get better. Yeah. It is just sort of, it's it's classic, it's particularly BBC classic, where it doesn't, you know, Brian Cox could go to the BBC with a new show all about the anatomical promises of a Natterjack's asshole, and <laughs> it would be commissioned. They go, well, we've got to do it, because Brian said so. Yeah. And there's kind of the problem. You know, he comes along, he's actually, clearly he's very good, and, you know, he's, he's entertaining. I love his podcast, by the way, he does with, with our mate Robin Ince. Of course. But it, it's kind of what it stands for. It's like, so th let's just use him every day of the week now, because he's Professor Brian Cox. We've got credibility, and we've got someone who's not exactly the same age as that bloke that used to look at the stars who was very, very fat and <laughs> died recently. Dave says, random out for rational notes, tiny suitcases on wheels. Just carry it! Especially if it's busy, and yep. if you're going on London's fabulous underground system. Mickey B. Subtitles on anyone with even the slightest accent. Yes, they do. Some documentaries do this now. Yeah. There's one on quite recently about some people who just happen to be from the north of England. They subtitle. Uh, but some people are just, quite frankly, difficult to understand. And you know. Sorry? Yeah. 
But what, if they're going to do it for an international audience, how stupid have you got to be not to be able to understand a Yorkshire accent? This is true. Hey, bagum. <laughs> Yorkshire Simon Bates. Yeah. Well, how stupid have you got to be to not understand a Yorkshire accent? Although I did find it funny. Alistair McGowan was saying the other day, what did people in Leeds used to say when they went to a The The concert? Yeah. Off to concert. <laughs> how, how did that ever pan out back then? <laughs> So he made a fair point. Michael Lawler uh, says, here's one for you. Blowing a gale and freezing, train windows all open. Who does that? You see, I bang on about this all the time. It's it's never really so hot on a train. So hot that you need the windows open in the winter. Might be in the summer, but in the winter? How often is it that hot? But sometimes you just want a bit of fresh air, don't you? Because most of your passengers smell like It's minus one out there. You wouldn't drive down a motorway with your window open. Right, let me ask you a question then. Go on. Let's say you're sitting on, on a train and you're in a carriage and the woman gets her nail varnish out and stinks the car. You'd open a window. That's a disgrace, yes, because that's essentially the poisoning of a carriage. All right. Let's that's go- right up there on a kind of Agatha Christie number, isn't it? Someone comes on with Japanese food or a Cornish pasty, sticks the place out. You open a window, right? Right. Put the, you the pro- no, you would because it smells. Yeah. Let me finish this. This is important. You get on a train, you find yourself sitting next to Ian Collins with his masses and masses of ridiculous cologne on. What do you do? You smack him in the face and you open a window. No, you, you have to. ask for some cologne. You say, can I lick your neck? My problem, it's the window etiquette of it. Because So if you get on a train and you open the window that's right next to you, then that does nothing at all for you. That suits the person six rows back. Yeah. So if you have a problem, if Matey comes on eating a battered octopi and he's munching away and you're thinking stinking the carriage out really you need to call ahead to the people six seats ahead and go excuse me a14 and get them to open their window because that would address the problem opening your window just gives them a load of guff and hot air further back excuse me a14 do you go to work on the orient express all the time dan siren says oh this is great people who break bits of banana off just to eat them just eat them like a Mars bar. Same for apple slices as well. Just by people do they take the top off and eat it. The banana's designed to be eaten um, one-handed. Yeah, like a gibbon or a. <coughs> I've never said eat a banana. This in from Danny. I like this. He says when you see a member of the church dressed in all that expensive stuff that could feed a poor family for months. Now, <laughs> I, I once this is a really good point here because I once went into one of those shops where. Uh, I was looking to get a, a, a jacket done for a wedding. And I went to a shop, and the shop had a, a military section where they make uniforms for the military. Right. They, they make the proper, you know, all that red stuff with the gold piping and all that kind of caper. I mean, this stuff costs thousands, but one would assume that all that kind of ecclesiastical garb as well, the big hats and the robes, and, you know, this stuff is embroidered. It must cost thousands. So did you go to a wedding as a brigadier? Every time. It's the way ahead kit. wasn't my wedding. You came dressed as a tramp to that, or so uh, it would appear. That's, just where I, that's the suit I was trying to get at the time. But I, I think it's a really good point, the amount of money that stuff costs to, to, to kit out. And, and it would. It would. But, you know, there they are with the collection plate, mm-hmm. saying, you know, would you like to give some money to help the poor people? We can perchance buy them a loaf. <laughs> yes, well, if we sold your f***ing <laughs> hat... We could... <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. (laughs) 
We will return to our regularly scheduled program momentarily. Please stay tuned. And that, everybody, is Random Acts of Irrational Annoyance. And uh, we've got more next week, I think. Yeah. Or we could do something else next week. What, what do you want to do next week? We could do Satisfaction next week, if you like. We could. Random Acts of Irrational Satisfaction. I'll tell you what's satisfying. What? Watching uh, <laughs> meat eaters get all upset about the fact they might have eaten some horse. Isn't that amazing? Oh, shut up and just eat the <laughs> bloody thing. Does it matter? Hello. The Mitsubishi L200 comes with a 125,000-mile five-year warranty. In fact, if you bought an L200 today, it would last roughly five years longer than a politician's promise. For more info on the Mitsubishi L200, visit your local dealer. The Mitsubishi L200. No environment too tough. Sideshow Kev's Showbiz Shoebox. 2013. And you know what they say, everybody? You can't teach an old dog new tricks. I've no idea why that might be relevant even to this uh, this charade that is the feature that we tried to suppress. We even called Roger Cook in to investigate the legality of it. But apparently it stood the test of all manner uh, international scrutiny, and it remains. And here's the man who's going to present it to us, hoping for japes. We start with an email. From Big Boy. 316, who says, Hey Kev, I'm feeling a bit sorry for Ian on the shoebox recently, as he doesn't seem to be doing very well. Any chance you could go easy on him one week and help him out? Of course we can, big boy. Hang on, do you think I want help on this? You think I care enough to need help? It would very much appear that people are, are starting Man to alive. worry yeah. about the quality of your performance in this segment. Do you think it could be that I'm not actually listening to anything you say, so I just wheel out any old answer because oh, I don't care? Now listen. We can get it out the way early doors and go home. Myself and Big Boy 316 are here to support and help you. You've got a follower called Big Boy 316. I think that's the that's the first question you need to be addressing, Kev. Not whether or not I need assistance on your sh- quiz. Well, I'll tell you what. This week, yep. to ensure good things happen for my second favourite Ian Collins, the answer is always C. Now, celebrities are pissheads. I'm Sancho Kev. See you next week. Goodbye. Uh, well, not all of them, but many do enjoy the odd glass of port or fine ale quite a bit, to the extent that, in fact, there's been an explosion of celebrities making their own booze to flog to us, the oh, little yeah. people, so they can make some money to buy themselves even more expensive booze and private jets. So with that in mind, it's time to play the Boozy Booze Fame Game. Andre, give me some Boozy Booze Fame Game music as liquidy as possible and preferably at least 5% ABV because anything less than that is a little bitch. Very simply, Collins, pay attention. You'll hear three drinks made or endorsed by the famous, but one is made up. All you have to do is spot it. And to help a little bit, the answer... It's always C. Number one. A. George Clooney's Casamigos tequila. B. Vernon Kay's Sexy Text Vodka. Or C. Kerry Katona's Cognac. (laughs) C. It's the correct answer. How did you get that? I don't know. Number two. (laughs) Is it A. Madonna's Confessions Chardonnay. B. Donald Sindon's Never the Twain Triple Sec. Or C. Rick Astley's 
ghastly asty. Just <laughs> see. It is C. Yeah. I'd buy that, though, wouldn't you? I'd buy some ghastly Asti. If Astley's ghastly Asti yeah. came out, I, I'd be right there, that man. That works a treat for me. Number three, spot the fake celebrity booze type thing. Is it A, Motorhead Vodka? B, Michael Palin's Round the World Ale? Or is it C, Bert Quark's Cock Knocking Hawk? C. It's the correct answer. You must be very proud of yourself. Very Number four. Spot the fake celebrity beverage. Okay. Is it A, Cliff Richard's Vida Nova wine selection? Nice. Is it B, Barry Norman's pickled onion cider? Or C, Tom Daly's terrific Todger tonic? <laughs> it's got to be C. It is C. Get in there, Lucy. Four out of five so yeah. far. Can this I, is a can new I do day. the full rack of five? Uh, you have to hope so. Let's go for it. All right, here we go. For the first time this year, and yeah. I think last year. Well, I did it last year. I, I don't, don't think you Don't start libeling me. You didn't get five. I did five loads of times. You didn't get plus you can't. Regularly. Li- you didn't get five. Here's number five. Yeah. A, Richard Gere's Brunello Tuscan Red. Nice. B, Claire Balding's Manly Stout. Or C, Arthur Askey's Isaki. Say, it's a correct answer. Oh, beautiful! But he was your dad. That's how you'd know. Yes, you're he probably, was. You're probably reared on the stuff. I, yeah, I was bottle fed. Thank you, Kev. That's the showbiz shoebox for this week. Five out of five for Ian yeah, Collins. Absolutely. Come on, Andre, clap for God's sake! Finest performance Brilliant. that he's come up with yet. If you've got anything you want to throw into the showbiz shoebox, feel free. Kev at onceaword.com or follow me on Twitter at sideshow underscore Kev. Ian Collins wants a word. Ah. Uh, we have got time just because we're going to talk to LaDonna. Andre, yeah, we've got a couple of minutes. Talk to LaDonna in San Diego uh, in a second. Wow. But I did want to throw in another Daily Mail message board mood monitor. This, of course, is where we focus not on the story itself, but on the comments on the message boards that follow from the Daily Mail website, which is, of course, the most looked-at news site in the world. Yeah. Uh, a young mother who illegally claimed benefits. Oh, no, you know oh. you're into very, very steamy territory with the mail already. A young mother who illegally claimed benefits while working has been told she's legally entitled to more than the amount she'd been stealing. What? Yeah, Joanne Gibbons, 23, from Macclesfield, was convicted of unlawfully pocketing over 3,000 quid of income support while holding down two jobs. She originally claimed benefits legally but fell to notify the Department for Work and Pensions that she had a job at a shop and also worked for the East Cheshire NHS. When she was caught out, the mother of one was reassessed and told actually she could claim more money because of family tax credits and child benefits. She can now receive 130 quid, £64 more than she was originally getting, which of course prompted, frankly, all manner of discombobulation on the Daily Mail message board. Oh, so we're I can here imagine. To monitor the mood. Giddy O'Shea says, I bet she's a Labour voter. <laughs> they love this kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Keeney, however, is a little bit more. Well, Keeney says, Am I being kind here? But is this the Daily Mail's way of allowing people to comment just so we can see how stupid people are? Uh, you are being kind, actually. This is not some kind of inverted, oh, the Daily Mail, you know, putting people out for tender. This is not the Daily Mail, if you like, uh, illustrating that there is a certain mindset out there. This is the Daily Mail being real. Absolutely. Uh, Regina Rule says, Why are we not executing this thieving scum? I think a bit over the top. A bit harsh. It's only 64 quid a week. A bit harsh. Uh, Mine Boggle says, Seems like a nice girl. Anyone know where she got that coat from? Is it from Gap? <laughs> 
Because there's a photo. Ruth the Two says, why don't we go the whole way and just give everyone's money to foreigners? Yeah, Joanne Gibbons from Macclesfield is <laughs> not really up there with mm. a, uh, a particular ethnic demographic other than a, uh, a Caucasian one. Mm. There she says, says she works for the NHS too. So she's probably on one of those surgeons' pensions. Uh, I'm guessing the surgeons' pensions is probably for the surgeons. <laughs> Uh, not necessarily for the... Uh, well, she could, she could. It seems unlikely she's a surgeon. Mike Hammer says, I blame programmes like The Only Way is Essex. <laughs> not absolutely sure specifically what she might have done here. I blame uh, Splash. It's, uh, yeah, what Splash is for. There we are. Uh, Daily Mail message board move monitor. Uh, throw those through to us if you see any. Ian at whatsaword.com. Thank you. USA! 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 And I promised you, Kev, some yeah. Atlanticism and culture. Is that a word? Uh, no, I just made that up. <laughs> Add some Yankee-fied components to this show. Yeah. Uh, look who's here. Who's here? In San Diego. She's live across the pond. It's LaDonna Harvey, is it? How are you, LaDonna? Fan freaking tastic, man. How about yourself? Well, we're very good at this, and obviously, you know, it's been a long time, and we, we thought it was about time we played catch up, and so much has happened, and you're the, you know, you're really the person to speak to. Well, I am. I, I LaDonna knows all, LaDonna sees all, LaDonna forgets nothing. Who are yeah. you again? Hey. Oh, crikey. <laughs> Let's think. Kev, who am I? James Whale. That's it. <laughs> oh, <Listen>. my. <laughs> yeah. What a thought. The, the one guy in radio who actually dislikes me intently. Yeah, what's wrong with that man in that respect? I, I don't know. He never liked me. And yeah. that just never happens. Everybody loves me. Everybody loves LaDonna. As often as possible, according to my husband. But, you know. <laughs> Good Lord, who is this woman? <laughs> we did earlier on uh, say, LaDonna, that, uh, that this was a chat about nothing in particular. Uh, and it's which, what we're best at. We, we, absolutely. We are the only show ever, I think, to have done a proper psychoanalysis, from a feminist perspective, of the wizard sleeve. <laughs> oh, indeed. Indeed. It's a canoe! <laughs> And we just, folk thought we were being flippant, but we weren't. And on the issue of... Oh, I was. <laughs> were we having a different conversation? <laughs> so it was a piece of intellectual work. <laughs> and it was just off the cuff, or the wizard sleeve, well, as it were. Correct. Well, listen, Ron, speaking of a man who knows a thing or two about said sleeve, uh, yes. Ron Jeremy, of course, we were talking about earlier on. Is there the latest on Ron Jeremy? And this is, the, you know, a guy, considering what he did for a living... He ends up in hospital with a sore heart. Yes. Yeah, that is not the organ that we expected would no. fail him first. We just assumed his <laughs> could fall off. Exactly. And maybe it has, and maybe that's why it's no longer a problem. Do we know what's up with this fellow? Is he? Uh, I, he he ended up driving himself to Cedar Sinai Hospital in Los Angeles for treatment. So and does everybody I'm... go to that hospital? Uh, well, is it just one hospital in L.A.? Where else are you going to run into Ron Jeremy and Lindsay Lohan? And also possibly a Gabor? I mean, really? Of course not. <laughs> all, th all three of them would be in the toilets together. Yeah. <laughs> you imagine that kind of scares that, me. That's an, an image. That's probably why Ron's gone in there. He wanted some Lohan. Well, everybody wants some Lohan, and, and she is happy to oblige by wearing no pants. <laughs> she, she deals out the rations, we're told. Isn't she? she does indeed. <laughs> so Ron, is, he's gone to hospital with a, what we would call a dodgy ticker. The yeah. heart is uh, it, it's giving way. Is that is that what we know? 
Well, that's what we know so far. Um, it, you know, the, it takes a couple of tests and a little while, and I'm not sure he's going to be terribly forthcoming. Although, <laughs> <laughs> you know, let me just rethink this whole thing right here. I don't every, think we're going to make it through this conversation without every sentence having some kind of double entendre. You're not wrong. Uh, this is this is just <laughs> this is a minefield, isn't it? Really, of, of filth, smart, just waiting to happen. My favorite. Talking of dodge pottery. Uh, okay. Since we last spoke, of course, you've got a new president. Well, he's not a new president. He's the old president, but he's come back for four more years because they, they rebooked him for another gig. Yes. Um, and he, he's returned and solved the financial issue. He didn't take you over the cliff. So that's good, isn't it? He, he's Everyone's celebrating. Uh, right, allegedly, and you know, but that's until the next manufactured crisis. Okay. If you if you're a, a, a Congress watcher or a president watcher at all here, then you realize that we go from the fiscal cliff to sequestration, which is where they're going to take a bunch of money out of defense uh, spending, to the next crisis, which is going to be the debt ceiling, to the next crisis, and uh-huh. it, everything has to be passed quickly. And the reason that they do that is so that they can jam as much unrelated legislation into those bills sure. as humanly possible, and on a procedural way they can't they can't be vetted you can't pull the stuff out one by one so there's a really good reason to do that and they're and they're executing it sure. beautifully so this Capitol is so, so, so they put the, the the headline title of the bill seems fine and dandy but there's, right. there's other things that are attached to the bill that might be cause for concern but don't get chance to be debated or scrutinized Absolutely. Like for the Hurricane Sandy relief, for instance, they had this bill. It was an emergency bill, so nobody could really go in and pull anything out. And there was stuff in there for Alaskan fisheries. Uh, There was a new roof for the Smithsonian. There was uh, work on navigable waterways across the country that had nothing to do with it. And so when the Republicans said no, they got painted as the bad guys. And they're like, no, 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 no. It's not that we don't want to help with Sandy. It's that we don't want to pay for Alaskan fisheries out of this how do, how get your they, own bill so they just just anybody stick anything they like in another bill so here's a bill that's going to sort out the the, the damage from the hurricane but right don't worry while we're here we're also going to give uh, some money away to seals exactly <laughs> it's it's the it's the nothing to see here people keep moving yeah. method of legislation and it's been terribly effective except you know we have this thing called the internet and so we can actually yeah. read this crap first yeah, what yeah. the fuck is the internet <laughs> it's brilliant here's the other thing that happened so we we've got all these uh we, we've got we got dodgy celebrities you've just got dodgy people who just want to shoot up folk uh, down at the schoolyard, whether it's at the college, whether it's in a bar. Isn't it about time somebody just took those guns away from you people? When you can pry them from my cold, dead fingers, yes. Yeah, and that. and that's uh, And never mind that I actually don't own a gun. I mean, do, I, I don't. Do you, want the, uh, do you want the right to own a gun? Oh, yes, I do. Yeah. I think it's really important that you have as many civil liberties as possible. And I think that just on a real serious note, um, what all of these these cases have in common is the mental health component that no one has ever wanted to address because it's too damn complicated and they don't want to deal with it. So you mean the folks shooting people up you think he might have a mental health issue uh yeah it's just i mean it's just a thought i know i'm pulling this one out of my butt but hear me out you're Uh, like quincy (laughs) i I know 
<laughs> Allow me to peel back that onion. Um, yeah, you know, the guy, I mean, you don't dress up like the Joker or the Riddler or whatever in the hell James Holmes did and go into a movie theater and mm-hmm. mow down a bunch of people unless there's something wrong with you. Jared Lee Loughner, who was the shooter that uh, shot that congresswoman, a uh, sure. known schizophrenic. He had scared the hell out of people. He was taken out of college. Uh, same for Holmes. And every, you know, every time you have this component that nobody wants, they think that if you take away guns, you take away violence. And well, I'm sorry, but you're not taking out the biggest portion of this. Violent people! One, one for, talking of violent people, or just frankly in this case, uh, vile people, uh, Piers Morgan nearly, <laughs> nearly got deported over this. No, he didn't. Uh, it, he is the he is the love child of insanity and uh, the <laughs> left, and he is a perfect spokesman for the left. I mean, anytime he tries to have a conversation with anybody over firearms, it always devolves into "You're just an incredibly stupid man, aren't you?" And uh, that doesn't really work if yeah. you're trying to have a. You know, everybody says we have to have a conversation about guns. Well, okay, then I get to talk too. <laughs> I mean, for what it's worth, when he was over here, uh, uh, most people thought he was a bit of a... Quack, quack, <laughs> and they were correct. <laughs> there, was, there wasn't much doubt about it. No, no, there really isn't. And he's, and he's not a terribly bright man. Uh, and, and this is no reflection on you or your people. Your uh, people. It's your people. <laughs> on people. you people, actually. Yeah. On you people is the way that I meant to say that. <laughs> no, it's just that, you know, there are stupid people in media and more so than probably any other business Hello. anywhere. <laughs> That's very Again, true. you know what? The Internet kept your friend. We're going to let you go and do a radio show. Okay. What do you what, what what's on the show? What's on the big show today? Well, we're going to talk about traffic cameras, something that you guys know uh, all too well about. Oh, yeah. We're actually trying to get rid of them here. It'll never happen. And uh, yeah, it would be really nice if we could roll back that clock, where the average guy isn't just considered to be the bad guy waiting to commit a crime. So we're working on that. Uh, and I'm going to get into some traffic pet peeves and uh, talk about a football player here who opened his big fat mouth before the Super Bowl and said, "Yeah, we don't have gays in football." And I thought, "Yeah, I don't think you know don't that game quite as well as you." Think. When you yeah. say when you say he opened his big fat mouth, <laughs> was he I mean, on, he... we're back to Ron Jeremy again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's one of the Super Bowl players, and uh, about three seconds into when the guy was talking about how we don't get up into that in here, yeah. this guy goes, "Stop the tape!" And it's like, boy, you're over what forty five years old. If you said <laughs> tape, we don't do that anymore. Fantastic. And never forget, bowl is an anagram of blow. <laughs> So Very it good point. Thanks. Yes. It is like sitting here with Albert Einstein sometimes. The, the noted rocket surgeon, yeah. <laughs> By the way, here's, here's a little fact for you. Okay. You know, um, when you came, the last time you came out to the UK, and uh, you came down to the old Talk Sport building. Indeed. You must have at some point um, used the, the, the bathroom there while you, <laughs> while you were there. But um... the, the reason I mention this is because uh, Ron Jeremy, this is true, has had sex in the Talk Sport Toilet. I I feel a little sick. Yeah, <laughs> I think he took two. He came over um, a, a load of years ago. I think he took two girls in there. Well, that's okay. I think Alan Brazil is barfed in the control room, and I probably walked in that too. Maybe so he yeah. took Alan Brazil in there. I don't know. <laughs> Ron Jeremy, right up the haggis. That's a <laughs> what a nasty thought. Uh, Ladonna, we will speak again very very soon. I hope so. You take care. Have a great day, Ladonna Harvey. <laughs> Ladonna!
on the podcast with us, everybody. Credit stream. And for the benefit of the hard of hearing, that's it. And for the benefit of the easily spooked, bang! But, of course, we are back next week. Thanks to you for downloading. If you like what we do and want to help support this podcast, make sure you leave us a nice five-star review at iTunes. Android users can try us on the free Stitcher app or download for free at stitcher.com slash once a word. Thanks to all of our guests. All can be followed on Twitter, as can we, at Ian Collins UK. The in-show feature and sponsor music is by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com the show's technical operator Andre Porch programme edited by Joe Marshall our researcher was Randy Van Warmer and today's utterly gobsmacking piece of useless trivia comes from Michelle in York who tells us that contrary to what some people might think X-Factor winning pop combo team band JLS are officially recognised as being shit yeah, great fact, Shell, although I think I am duty-bound to tell you that JLS actually came second. I think a singing sphincter came first that year. Oh, and as ever, the in-show catering was provided by Abdul's Coffee Shack. We're back next week with that Jimmy Doherty bloke. No, not the smackhead, the TV farmer. Yes, him. Him. Nice man, they say. Find out why in seven days. Goodbye. A Big Things Media production. Big <laughs> Things! Ian Collins wants a word. <laughs> Powered by the Mitsubishi L200. Tough enough to come with a five-year, 125,000-mile warranty. Good night, everyone. Good night, Mama. Good night, Daddy. Good night, children. Good night, Daddy. Good night, Elizabeth. Good night, John Boy. Good night, Jim Bob. Good night, Jim Bob.